This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We talked to a little Cam Taylor Britt. We can stay with the secondary right now. What are some more expectations for the cornerback room, some of these rookie guys who could be starting in September or October, getting some reps? We still don't know what Nick Scott's going to look like as a safety. What are your expectations for the defense right now? <sighs> I think I've said it a few times is that I expect the defense – to early on have some issues and that doesn't mean they're going to be bad. That just means there's going to be a couple busts, just a couple busts and two guys looking at each other, not sure what happened, whether it's a corner and that could even be Cheeto. Mm -hmm. Just both safeties are new. I think that's the big part of it. Even though all three corners have experience with each other and the linebackers stay the same, two new safeties makes it a little bit difficult. You know, one safety, makes a call or the other one doesn't get it or it's just something like that. So I think you can see some bust early on. What I'm hoping for is week, let's say the bye week post bye week, they play just below the level that the Bengals DBs were playing at last year. That's what I'm hoping for is some, I mean, I think the Bengals defensive backs were really good last year. At least I think you can make the argument Post by, it's not unrealistic that they're better than last year just because Cheeto was hurt. And if Cheeto can get back to form, that's a weapon they didn't have last year. And you're hoping Cam Taylor Britt's a little bit better, like we just talked about all last segment. And then Mike Hilton, I feel like I'm expecting the same level of play from him. I'm not expecting a drop off. And then the safeties are the wild card. They're probably not going to be as good, but does the difference between having a Chido Bayouzier? And uh, improvement from Cam Taylor Britt offset the difference in safety. It could. So I think it's possible. I'll change that to I, I'm hoping that post bye week they play at a similar level to what the defensive backs played at last year. Yeah, I think anybody would take that. And I think from a national media side, when they look at the Cincinnati Bengals, it was so easy to, pin, to, to point at the offensive line for the last few years and say, that's why they're going to struggle. That's why they won't be the top of the AFC. Um, you know, that's why this team can't repeat. And then you look at the defense side of the ball and you're like, okay, well, they fixed the offensive line. Maybe, maybe Jonah Williams works out at right tackle. Then you go to Orlando Brown. We still don't know what it looks like with Orlando Brown at left tackle. I know he's not perfect, but I still feel like he's an upgrade. You have an okay offensive line, probably the best that Joe Burrow's had since he's been in Cincinnati. So you have to find something. You have to find something with this team when you look at it. And I think a lot of people, their easy reaction is, the safety position, their safety. They lost Von Bell. They lost Jesse Bates. They are going to struggle on the defensive side of the ball. They won't be the same. And I've said it again. We've said it this offseason on the podcast. When you have a guy like Lou Anarumo, I trust him with the secondary more than any position group that I could possibly think of on the defensive side of the ball. He's going to get the best that he can out of those guys. So I still have a lot of faith. We don't know what it's going to look like. I do think Nick Scott's going to start at safety and Dax Hill. Mm -hmm. And I really hope it works out for Dax Hill and, and Nick Scott too. Maybe it's a one-year thing with Nick Scott. And maybe after that, like, mm, we saw it, it was okay. And, you know, Jordan Battle gets a few reps in and out of the, his rookie year. I still don't think Lou is going to put a rookie on the field if he doesn't feel confident in it. DJ Turner, 
don't know. Maybe it's just to sit and watch, and then he's going to be Cheeto's replacement the following year. Or, you know, what what the cornerback room looks like with Cam Taylor Britt and DJ Turner in twenty twenty four. We don't know. But I think personally, I have all the faith in the world that Luana Rumo will be able to help them. It's you're going to struggle. It almost reminds me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, when you think of last year's offensive line and a lot of people wanted them. And we talked about the defense playing in preseason, you know, some of the safety, the cornerback, the secondary, getting those reps in, in those first two preseason games, or maybe even one. I think about that conversation with the offensive line when it comes to communication and chemistry. That's important too on the other side of the ball. And maybe that's going to be important. And maybe that's, you know, a conversation that they're going to be having in about three to four weeks, what that looks like going into game one, game two. Is it important to put Nick Scott out there? Will we see Jordan Battle and some of the rookies um, getting some reps early on in those games? I, I think yes. And I feel, I don't know why I feel. I'd rather have the secondary get reps more than the offensive line, but that's just where I'm at right now when it comes to that communication and that chemistry on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. It's something that I don't think we talk about enough uh, as a conglomerate, uh, not just us, but like everybody doesn't talk about enough is secondary communication. That's just about as important as offensive line communication. And they're talking just about as much as the offensive line talks to each other a little further away, but uh, they have to communicate with each other, hand signals and uh, well, also verbally. I think I am pro playing some of these guys in the preseason. I'm not, I don't think you feel that way, but I just think, I just think those live bullets and it's not 100%. It's not the exact same, but just being in that situation of an actual game, not having the safety fallback of its practice. Once you say the wrong word in a communication call or something, or you make the wrong signal, uh, whistle blows like no here it's a cloud we point at the sky whatever um i think once you can iron that out as fast as you can then it just comes down to the skill level and that's what i want to get to and i think that was a big reason why the offensive line struggled a lot early in the season they didn't they didn't have those reps they didn't communicate with each other i will say about dbs less contact so maybe a little less chance of getting hurt in the preseason than offensive line having to play. Although I'm also pro getting this offensive line with some snaps together in the preseason. I just, it's, I don't want Burrow taking snaps in the preseason. Then that's probably about it for the guys. That I'm like, I would probably at least play a series with everybody else. Just get them the live reps and the feel for what's happening. Like you don't need to play Hendrickson or Hubbard guys, you know, reader these, they don't have to really play in the preseason either, but with these groups, they're going to communicate a lot and they have new pieces. Those are the ones I, I kind of want to see a little bit in the preseason. And it's not for me to analyze it. It's just that they get used to the communication with each other. So that could be a something that could be something like I was saying, it might not be that pretty early on similar to the offensive line last year. It was a great point to bring up offensive line last year. I still remember it was like week four, week five, you're getting the idea of like, when do we can Frank Pollock? I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the, it might not be that bad uh, because there are three returning pieces while the offensive line had one returning piece. Uh, but I do think, it's going to have those rough patches where what you, you're kind of looking around like what just happened? What, like nobody was near that guy. Get him ironed out before the playoffs, get him ironed out before the bye week really. And 
just hope that none of this is detrimental enough to lose you a game or anything like that. But get it, get it, get it all out of the way as quick as possible. Get the communication at a good groove. Hopefully it's like a similar timeline for six weeks, somewhere in there. Uh, nothing longer than that. Mm-mm. I think this team can withstand some not awesome secondary play to start the year. And I'm not going to say it's going to be bad. I just think there's just going to be moments that make you think like what just happened over there. Um, yeah, I think good point to bring up uh, the two guys that I think are on the outside looking in, but have a chance to start mm-hmm. Jordan battle and DJ Turner. Who do you think is more likely to without injury start Jordan battle? I really do. And it's, and maybe it's the off season hype of the OTAs and the mini camp and just hearing, Oh, Jordan battles out there with the defense. Let's see what, you know, the coaching staff is seeing. I just feel like he, and you've probably watched more Jordan battle tape than, than I have, but you know, hearing about him, reading about him, it's a big deal that when he was a freshman, he was starting on Nick Saban's Alabama team. And Nick mm-hmm. Saban focuses on the secondary group too. And I think that's telling. He's very physical. Um, can be slow at times, but I still feel like that's the guy. And I don't want there to be injuries because I think it's awesome if Nick Scott works out because that's a great free agent signing. You want Dax Hill to work out in his first real season in the NFL. That's why you drafted him so high. So I I think it's going to be Jordan Battle. And I don't think it's – I think it's they're just going to change things up with their defense. What about you? Yeah, um, I think Lou Anarumo to me, and this is going to lead into uh, the last thing we're going to talk about, Lou Anarumo to me is such a chameleon on defense where he can change and do what he wants for any given week. He's a game plan defensive coordinator, especially I think that's why he's so good in the playoffs. He will bust out stuff he hasn't done before just for a matchup. Um, he'll change up what he does. He's not a guy like the old, oh, there's still a couple out there. I'm trying to think of the, the one's name, but like the Legion of Broom Seahawks guys, they all, they, they called that defense. Like that's what they wanted to run. That's what they're going to run. Um, Gus Bradley, so it's like Gus Bradley, still defensive coordinator and he's still doing that. I think even, um, some of the 49ers, Raheem Morris or not Raheem Morris, Robert Sala, uh, he kind of also kept the we're gonna we're gonna kind of run what it what I run, uh, and it worked out well for him. But it, it is a different philosophy than what I see with Lou Anarumo and those other guys like Anarumo. But that's what I see with him is just when they play the Browns. I mean, they're not getting into that too high stuff. They're like they they've got Nick Chubb, they've got a beef offensive line. We're gonna get down one high, rotate that safety down into the box, and we're gonna sell out for the run game. The real one that says it all was that Titans playoff game where, I mean, they're everything to stop Derrick Henry in that run game. And they gave up a couple passes, but they were, they stopped the run game and they knew that was important. Um, then you look to like what they do against the chiefs, just two completely different things. When, when they played the Titans, they got into what's called a six, a, a tilt front, which is six, one, six, beefy defensive lineman and one linebacker and then four defensive backs against the chiefs. They got into dollar personnel. That is three defensive linemen and one linebacker and seven defensive backs. And that was on third and three and they made the stop. So it's just, what can you ask out of a defense? Um, Lou Interman will do it. 
He does personnel coverage, blitz, not blitz. He does absolutely everything. And it's probably pretty demanding on the players to like know everything and be that good at everything. But he's been such a good coach and teacher that they are able to flawlessly execute all these different crazy game plans and whatnot. The one guy, it does remind... <laughs> okay, I don't even know what I want to say, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, it is what... I want to think of a lesser example, but it is what Bill Belichick used to do <laughs> when he faced guys like that. I'm not saying Lou Intermo is Bill Belichick, but same idea on Bill loves man coverage more than Lou does. But just when they get to the playoffs, they're going to game plan for their opponent. Mike Vrabel, I guess, from the Belichick side of things, obviously, but Mike Vrabel, another guy that he's going to change things up for who he's playing against. Uh, that's true for the Bengals and Shane Bowen is their defensive coordinator. Who's done a good job. Whew, all that to say, I don't know what to expect out of the Bengals defense. And I just kind of expect everything because that's what they've done the past two years. It, it's honestly crazy. Um, over watching them over the last two years. And when it comes to Louie and Arubel. I feel like for me, when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs games, those will be the ones that they, they stand out the most just because of that that January 2nd game when it was just a tale of two halves. And in the second half, it looked like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you could even look at the AFC Championship game that in the second half he forgot the, how to play football because of Louie Aramo. I mean, he was seeing ghosts in the second half, and it was just unbelievable what he's able to do. The Bengals could be down by 28 points in the first half, and I'm like, hmm. They'll, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. They'll probably stop him in the second half because Lou Anarumo can do that. Um, it's it's He's so great, and I want to get to more of Lou Anarumo. We are going to re- record another podcast this week, so we're going to dedicate another segment to him. <laughs> but if you were to look at just overall with Lou Anarumo outside of those Kansas City Chiefs games, you could even say the Titans game when they were able to stop Derrick Henry because that was the storyline going into that divisional game. Derrick Henry's back. Mm-hmm. How will they stop Derrick Henry? And it was like, okay, well, Lou will show you. Is there a game of Lou Anarumo's that really you know stands out for you personally? I mean, the one that doesn't get enough credit for what it was is the Super Bowl. Did a great job against the Rams. They had no run game. And Stafford threw two picks. They were able to get him into some of those decisions. Yeah, Stafford and the the Rams offense, they made that final drive, went down the field and scored. But I think other than that, when you look at that game, low scoring, got a couple takeaways. Defense did everything they could to get the only thing I guess would be pressure. They didn't get enough pressure. And I guess you could say that about the chiefs game, but when you're looking at it and both those games, the offenses were pretty stifled. Uh, I'll take that. I'll take a little bit of the, well, you didn't get enough pressure. If that's my complaint, that's fine compared to, well, you gave up 30 points. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. do that. And he had a great game plan in that Super Bowl. He had his guys execute a great game plan in the Super Bowl. And it just, you know, it's upsetting that he is able to put all that out there. And then they didn't come away with the win because I thought the defense did enough. If somebody would have told me that the Rams would put up 23 points, I would, just, mm-hmm. I would have said, oh, the Bengals won 24-23. Or the Bengals won 27-23. Never yep. would. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. There's 23 points in today's NFL. It's a great showing, especially against a good offense like that. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I mean, it just happened recently too in the AFC Championship Games, twenty three twenty. No, it's absolutely, it's awesome, and and there's so much more to break down with Lou and Ramon. We'll get to that in, in another segment because I know there was another ranking from our friends over at PFF, friends of the show. Um, so we'll get to that on tomorrow's, and then obviously uh, do the doubleheader mailbag. So send your questions, Bengals underscore Sands at LNDS Patterson. Still plenty to get to. Um, it's crazy to think, but the Cincinnati Bengals will report to training camp in about three weeks and two days, um, which will be really exciting and fun stuff to break down camp. And I can't wait to get to that. Um, as always, you're taking a little bit of a break over on All Bengals, but you still have content over there. Uh, if people need to go recap some of the rookies and, and just some of the offseason stories, make sure you check that out over on All Bengals. Follow him, Bengals underscore Sands. And thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.